This is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com And welcome. Today I am delighted to have Josh Lannon. Josh is the co-author of The Social Capitalist, uh, one of the books in the popular Rich Dad series. He's also one of the Rich Dad advisors who have given business advice to over 100,000 entrepreneurs globally as a mentor and speaker at Rich Dad events with Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, Josh, along with his, with his wife, Lisa, opened Warrior's Heart, the first private addiction treatment center uh, in the U- United States, which includes veterans, military, law enforcement, and first responders. Their work has been recently featured in Forbes, Chicago Tribune, CBS, Fox News, and more. Josh, welcome. Welcome. Thanks, Callum. Thanks for having me. It's an honor and a privilege. So uh, for, for people who do not know, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I'm a big follower of the kind of whole Rich Dad brand. And from time to time, I've seen you and I've seen Time Wheelwright. I've seen um, uh, Ken uh, Mac- McElroy. Mm-hmm. But for people who do not know um, um, <clears throat> Josh Landon's journey, how did you get started, you know, to becoming a social capitalist, a social entrepreneur? Yeah, it's a good question. It was, uh, I was screwed up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I didn't like school. I hated school. I, I mean, I loved learning, but I didn't like what I was being forced to learn. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do well in school. Um, you know, I really didn't fit in in the world. Uh, and it wasn't until I checked into a treatment center myself. So kind of backing up, this is about 2001. Mm-hmm. I was living in Las Vegas and my, uh, I was running nightclubs. And uh, country western honky tonks, and my wife was a police officer. Mm. So we, uh, you know, it's kind of a full circle. Is I, I did my job well. I worked for my father, thank goodness, because I was unemployable. And uh, if he didn't hire me, I don't know uh, too many other people that would. But I was working for my father, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I was good at my job. I got a lot of people drunk, and that was the business plan: get them drunk, have let them have a great time, keep them safe, and they'll come back. Uh, so kind of the joke was I'd get him drunk and Lisa would book him in jail. And that was a revolving door, you know, and I see. And uh, uh, needless to say, it, it was av- it, life got out of control for me. I was drinking too much. Uh, my marriage was on the rocks. Uh, it just wasn't working. So I was broke emotionally, physically and spiritually. And it wasn't until my wife, Lisa, gave me the ultimatum. Either you go to rehab tonight. Or I'm going to divorce you. And, and, you know, this time she meant it. I could see it in her eyes. It's like she was done. She got the power back. She, you know, the woman I fell in love with was, was standing in front of me. And I was like, okay, I'm in. Mm-hmm. So I went, I went to a rehab center, uh, started my healing process. Uh, Lisa and I did a lot of work together, uh, working on our marriage and that sort of thing. And that's where I was exposed to uh, Robert Kiyosaki and, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. I was Lisa and I were actually driving home from California back to back to Las Vegas, you know, with the questions of what are we going to do? You know, the lifestyle that we have it was fun and exciting in our twenties, but it's not working. 
And uh, here we get this audio series book as a gift from my father called Choose to Be Rich. Mm-hmm. And we listened to this, this audio book and it's like, oh my gosh, for the first time, I saw the world through the eyes of a rich person. And not just financially rich, but rich in health, wealth, and happiness. I yeah. Think, you know, I definitely have to say, you know, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's books are transformative. Um, I mean, he, he's wrote many of books, but um, I will say my favorite two uh, out of his whole catalog of books is um, Cash Flow Quadrant. Uh-huh. And the other one is Retire Young, Retire Rich. Absolutely. And for me, um, Obviously, there's a lot of people who go to college. Again, I'm not against college. College does have a place for certain majors. If a person wants to be a doctor, I would definitely prefer someone to go to college before they work <laughs> on me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, when it comes to a lot of these uh, non-specialized majors, uh, I do think that, uh, you know, students should reconsider and exercise alternative options and where they can save money um, and still get a great job without going into student loan debt. The student loan debt crisis uh, has it's still still one of um, big problems uh, in this country, but with Robert's books, I am definitely I would say a student. And where like for me, like Robert's books is like a college course in itself. You know, I, I don't need to go to Harvard University. Uh, yeah, probably Harvard University don't teach the things that uh, that uh, <laughs> teach the same concepts that he teaches. So uh, so yeah, but please continue. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right, you know, because education is extremely important. The hard part is finding out what you want to study. So I think if the teachers ask those questions like, what are you passionate about? What do you want to learn? And we develop courses that connected into the student's passion, uh, their geniuses and their desires. I think the system would be a lot better. Unfortunately, we're forced upon information that we really don't care about. So it just is like, all right, I'll memorize the answer and then I'll delete it after the test and I'm moving forward. And that's not education. That's just memorization. I agree. I agree. Definitely. So when your wife gave you that ultimatum and she said and she said either Josh, you either go to rehab or I'm divorcing you. And then from there, you start you start uh, listening to the choose to be rich. What were the steps there that was instrumental that start transforming your life? You know, we became students again. Because prior to that, being a student was like I was talking about. My experience was in school. I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. But this time was different. It was a topic that I was interested in. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it just happened to be that we we continued down the path of in this field of behavioral health and addiction. So we found our why in this study. And, you know, going through the process and, and learning, we became advocate students again. So we immersed ourselves into the Rich Dad books, into studying and Coming out of rehab, I knew I didn't want to have anything control me ever again, being alcohol and partying and bad. You know, I didn't want to do that anymore. And here's Kiyosaki basically telling him, hey, guess what, man? You're addicted to money. And I was like, holy crap. He's right. You take away that paycheck from me, I'm going to go into a box. So, mm-hmm. so I wanted to learn how to master money, how to have money work for me, not for me to work for money. And that's really when it started to unfold about becoming a social entrepreneur and working for a mission, working for a cause, working for a purpose, not working for the paycheck. 
I'm glad you brought that up because, Josh, there's a lot of people that want to be social entrepreneurs. They want to make a difference in the world, um, you know. But I think I think the problem that they have that they wrestle with is, can this financially support me? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love helping people. I love um, uh, bringing my passion to fruition, but you know, can this be sustainable? You know, can I make a living? Can I, you know, can, can I create something in where I can make a difference in the world, but at the same time, uh, you know, uh, create a living that takes care of my family? What would you say to that? Yeah, the first is to change your thinking. So going to the Rich Dad cash flow quadrant, you have E employees, S for self-employed, B for big business owners, and I for investors. That type of question comes from an employee mindset. So hear me out. What Lisa and I did is say, okay, if we're going to do this and it's truly going to work, we have to work for free. Mm-hmm. And Lisa and I haven't drawn a paycheck in since 2002. We work for free. So people go, how in the world do you do that? And that's through financial education. And it's uh, not to give you the answer how, but just start asking the questions because if you think through it, each person will have their own answer to that question. It's how can I work for free? and still support my lifestyle? It's a tough question to answer. I agree, I agree. So, and and for for me, I definitely resonate with the message as far as working for free for the importance because it's about developing skills. If a person just gets in the habit of working for money, then that's all they're going to know. And it's, in a way, it's going to be asphyxiation. It's going to be attachment. You know, it's, it's going to be hard for the person to right. detach, to learn what it is, to develop skills, to be able to start a business because there's because they've been so used to uh, working for money. So talk about that. Talk, talk about those beginnings um, of Josh as a social entrepreneur. You have to be a little crazy. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> because it's long hours. It's no pay. There's no guarantees. I mean, you really have to be kind of psychotic to say, that's what I want to do. But if you can make it through that process, the other side is so freeing. I mean, Lisa and I, we technically could have uh, retired two years ago. We said, we're done. We're out of the game. That's it. We don't have to work another day in our lives. But because Mm -hmm. we had a mission, because we had a calling, we said, you know what? Yeah, it's tough, but it's not really work. It's it's what we're supposed to do. So we jumped back mm-hmm. in the game, and that's when we created this next enterprise called Warrior's Heart that you mentioned on the introduction. It's a 40-bed treatment center dedicated for the healing of our warriors, being, like I said, military, police, firefighters, first responders, first ever in the country. And it's like, you know what? Let's go for it because it would, I think it would hurt my spirit more to know that there's a problem and not do something about it Versus just keeping all my eggs, you know, in my basket and go, you know, all my marbles to myself and go, I don't want to play. I'm just going to, yeah, I have the knowledge. Yeah, I have the skill set. I have the experience, but I don't want to take the risk. I think that would hurt me spiritually is like, because I didn't go for it. So that's kind of the big thing is if, if you see a problem that resonates with you and it could be something that really upsets you, really pisses you off. Like, I don't want to tell people, yeah, I was an alcoholic addict. I was man, I was screwed up. That's the last thing I want people to know. But you know what? That's my Mm -hmm. past. And that makes me stronger today because I can talk about it and I can help other people uh, get out of that hole. I just want to take a moment to tell you about DreamHost. DreamHost.com is the award-winning web hosting service rated by PC Magazine. With their current rates and positive reviews, I couldn't think of a better company to recommend. You can get 10% 
$10 off a one-year hosting plan or $25 off a two-year hosting plan when you use the promo code Callen, K-A-L-L-E-N. DreamHost.com, PC's Magazine, best web hosting service. Mm-hmm. We have Josh Lanning. Josh is the co-author of The Social Capitalist, uh, a book in the popular Rich Dad series. He's one of Rich, he's one of um, eight Rich Dad advisors who have given business advice to over 100,000 entrepreneurs globally as a mentor and a speaker at Rich Dad events with Robert Kiyosaki. We're just talking about um, Josh's journey and uh, basically the decision he had to make as far as getting out of the E quadrant for people who, people who don't know uh, comes from the popular Robert Kiyosaki book Cash Flow Quadrant, getting out of the employee quadrant and start taking control of his life as far as uh, developing his own social enterprise. So, Josh, what would you say to people you know who want to make the transition from E to S or even E to B, you know, employed to self-employed or employed to business owners? You know, would you say that? Perhaps they should have a reserve of money saved up. Would you say that they should just go out and do it? Uh, perhaps elicit support from friends and family. Maybe take advantage of one of the uh, accelerator or incubator programs. You know, but, but, but besides having a confidence to making that step, perhaps what would you say? You know, maybe some resources or maybe some ideas that can make that transition easier for yeah, you. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it goes back again to why. Why do you want to go into business for yourself? Or why do you want to open uh, an enterprise and not work for someone else? Because it's a huge hmm. decision. It really is. Family, parents, friends are going to look at you like you're crazy because it is a bumpy, hmm. crazy road. So the first hmm. thing is know your why. Be very, very crystal clear on why you're going to do it. And speaking from experience and in the field that I'm in, if you're doing it just to make more money, it's not big enough. That's not a big enough why. It's like, so if mm-hmm. you look at it, go, okay, well, I want to make more money. Okay, why? Well, I want to have a good uh, uh, lifestyle for my family. Okay, why? Well, because I wasn't given it when I was a kid. Okay, bam, that's the why. You know, so that kind of drives you forward, not the money. It's behind it. It's like, look, what's the motivation? So clear on the why. The other is, when Lisa and I started, I jumped into this full-time. I, I quit my job in the nightclub industry, and I went full forward. Lisa, she kind of got a whole new job. So she was working as a police officer. She had that full-time job. We had our brand-new baby girl, beautiful uh, Haley, and she's also now helping out uh, in the business. Now, it's, it sounds that's great. crazy, though, but, I mean, but that's how <laughs> we did it. It's like, okay, keep your job. So we can maintain, you know, paying the bills and that sort of thing until we know that this thing is going to work. Otherwise, it, it would mm. be a little reckless. And you don't want to put your family at risk, especially if you have kids. Uh, you got to play it smart. And like you said, have some reserves. Build up some stuff if you can, if you have the means. Uh, so you're never putting your family at risk. That's actually great advice, uh, Josh, because a lot of times uh, these gurus or these experts or these, you know, uh, Internet marketer entrepreneurs, you know, they'll say, you know, oh, just, you know, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to do a full time and you, you, know, you can't keep working. You have to quit your job. And actually, you know, half of that advice, I mean, half of that is true. You know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to go at it full time. But at the same time, if you have a family, then that needs to come first. You have to take care of your family first. So you have to create a plan and where 
there and where you can still sustain your family and maybe build your uh, entrepreneur business um, on the side. So, so, so really, so really, as we, see, I, I kind of like how you know you had a problem as far as mm-hmm. you know you had an alcohol problem, and you create a business that addresses the same problem that you have because you have experience with it, you're familiar with it, and you want to help other people overcome the same challenge that you had. And that's something I definitely recommend with people. You know, a lot of people sometimes um, they w- they want to make a right. difference in the world, but they have no but they have no compass, they have no direction, and they just kind of throw a dart out there. You know, perhaps you know, like in Josh's example, start with something that you have had challenges with, because that's what you're the most familiar with, and then go out and help people that are, are facing the same challenges that you have overcome. Totally. Would you agree I with do, that, Josh? wholeheartedly, because that connects back to the why. It gives you that motivation to mm-hmm. get up early, stay up late, and all the things when the roadblocks come, because they will come, opening and running mm-hmm. businesses. It, it's that little extra uh, octane that you need to overcome those hurdles. Great. So let's get into uh, Warrior's Heart. Warrior's Heart uh, is basically is a creation uh, between you and your wife. It was the first private addiction treatment center uh, for warriors only in the U.S., including veterans, military, law enforcement, and first responders. Many people have the question is, you know, you know, wow, looks like what Josh has looks great. You know, how did he finance that? How did he put that together? Maybe you could share some insights with that to maybe give entrepreneurs a primer a social entrepreneur is a primer or where sure. to start. So a couple things, I'll break it down uh, because this is an educational uh, interview, is that there's two different models here. We have the real estate, which is the business, and the treatment center is the passion. That's the why. Mm-hmm. So the way we look at it is that our passion will pay for our real estate. So it's broken mm-hmm. in two different things. So going into business, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of real estate. I love it with leverage and debt and tax reasons. There's all the financial educational reasons why real estate makes sense. But it has to be something that you like. You know, I'm sitting right now talking to you on a 543-acre ranch in Texas. It is beautiful. I love it. But I couldn't do it if I had to save my money $1 at a time to purchase this thing. So it was through financial education. Mm -hmm. So essentially, we got a team together of like-minded people that were connected to the mission. We developed a business plan and we put it out to our key investors and say, okay, are you interested in this? I'll share with you is that, because he said it publicly, that I presented this to Kiyosaki as well. And Robert drilled me on it. Yes, no, look at this. I mean, he tore it apart. And it was, you know, I'm his friend. I'm one of his advisors, but he's also my mentor. And it was Mm -hmm. some of the greatest education I could get. So I went back and I reworked it and did the things. He called it, the deal has to look sexy. So that's what we did. How do we sweeten it up? How do we make it attractive? Because outside of our friends and family, if we can't attract money, our dreams and our visions can only grow so much. So when Mm -hmm. developing the business plan is really look at it as like, besides mom and dad or my friends, would someone else that I don't know invest in this? And that's how we that's how we built the uh, the business model. That's how we built the plan because it was such a big operation. I mean, it, this whole project's a twenty million dollar operation. There's no way that we could have funded it ourselves. So we had to get mm-hmm. strategic partners. We had to bring in investors. We had to bring in a legal team. So it forced us to think like the B quadrant, the big business owner, 
because this mission and this purpose is much bigger than us. So we had to bring in a professional team to pull it off. Great. So how long did it take you, you know, to get from, you know, from the beginning to where you're at now? Was that about, was that three years? Was that five, 10 years? Uh, we originally got the vision for this in 2013. Uh, mm-hmm. We started working full time on this uh, December 2000, or I'm sorry, uh, January 2015. And we closed on the property in December 2015. So almost a whole year of working on it, putting it together, getting kicked in the teeth, raising money, hearing a lot of no's, all that stuff until we closed on the property. And now uh, it's been 106 days now, well, 105 days that we got our license. So we are up, we are running. As I speak to you right now, we have clients that are admitting into the program. Congratulations. You must you must be proud. I am and I'm stressed too. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But was there at any point, Josh, that, you know, going through all this, you just kind of wanted to give up throwing a towel? Or did you think that it was helpful that your wife was kind of in it with you, too? Because basically she kind of, you know, I mean, I mean obviously, uh, she, if, from the way you describe her, she, she seems to be a sense of motivation, a sense of strength. Lisa is still I'm in Texas right now. Lisa's still in Arizona because the kids are finishing up school. So we've been away from each other for four months now. So there's the sacrifice mm. there. Um, I wish she was here. It's weird not having her here. And even our team has commented on it that have been with us uh, years before. It's like, it's just weird with Lisa not being here. But to answer your mm-hmm. question is, I've thought about quitting almost daily, you know, because there's just times it sucks. It really does. And it's hard. And you, it just, it, it is. It's just hard. But you know what? having a good team around me, having a strong mission, and seeing the look in my kids' eyes when they come on the property and they're so proud of what we're doing and they tell their friends what we're doing, man, that gives me the, the, the confidence to keep going just one more day. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, that's, that's, that sounds great. So, so, Josh, how were you able to find uh, investors, to find uh, strategic uh, JV partners. Uh, perhaps any strategies that you can share uh, that maybe can give the listeners some contrast, or maybe maybe a you know a footstep where they can start looking. You know, first I started consulting with people that I know have raised money. So like Ken McElroy with MC Companies and his partner Ross, fabulous at raising money with apartment complexes. So I consulted with them. What do you think? Where should I go? Which, who should I talk to? Also, Darren Weeks is another rich dad advisor. I'm raising capital. I've talked to him. So the first thing I did was I found mentors because we raised some money before when we first got started, but it was nothing like the scale that we're doing now. So I had to change my mentors. I had to change the coaching. So that would be step number Mm -hmm. one is talk to people that have actually raised money before. I think the number one Mm -hmm. kind of... uh, reason why people fail is they're asking advice to people that have never done stuff before. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm not, there's just different <laughs> examples. I always say, I always, I always say that they're consulting with theorists. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and that's, and that's the last thing uh, that a person wants to do is to consult with a theorist because theory 
it's, it's exactly what it says. It's theory. And if a person doesn't have any experience and have never actually done it, then, uh, then obviously uh, it, it's, it's your chance of success is no more than your eyes at the casino. <laughs> yeah. So if anything, <laughs> so if anything, you definitely want to uh, uh, consult with someone who's tenured, who has a lot of experience, someone like Josh, maybe someone like Darren, someone like Ken. Uh, or maybe someone in your community that you respect, you know, someone that you say is right. making moves uh, in, in your area and start there first. Now, Josh, what would you say um, to the person? I, I, obviously, I kind of know the answer to this, but it always sounds good come from someone else. What would you say to the person, um, you know, who says, Josh, you know, I'll, I like I like what you're saying, but you know I have no money. You know I, I am I'm, I'm, I'm paycheck to paycheck. You know I can barely pay my bills. I really want to do this. Uh, what would you say to that person? Uh, <laughs> you know, first it's like, hey man, grow a set. Let's go. Come on, move forward. Let's. <laughs> but really, it's like, hey, I started with no money too. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't born with a silver spoon. I worked my ass off for it. Lisa and I, when we first got started in 2002, we raised 1.5 million, not knowing anything, not really having a good business plan, not being licensed counselors, you know, because the banks would say, oh, you got to be a licensed counselor, blah, blah, blah. So what Mm. was getting in the way was me, what was between my ears. So Mm -hmm. the idea of not having money is just an idea. It's like there's plenty, Mm -hmm. there's more currency in this world than ever before. So how can you attract it to flow to you and not away from you? And uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's an important part. It's like, man, if you don't have money, that's okay. you got to change your ideas about money because there's a reason why it may not be attracted to you. Exactly. And I like how Robert talks in the book, about, basically in all his books, about content versus yes. context. You can have so much content. You can have so much information. Oh, you know, s- social media, online marketing, or or or, or 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 various things. But if you have a bad context, or if your context is contaminated, it doesn't matter how much content you have. You're not going to be successful. It starts with a strong context before you can really capitalize Absolutely. on the content. And really, entrepreneurship is a journey. Uh, I'm quite sure when you started, you was probably working, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours a day. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that's how most entrepreneurs start, because really, it's entrepreneurship is lifestyle. You know, it becomes part of you. It, it becomes an extension of you. Mm-hmm. Like for yourself, Josh, you're very passionate about helping uh, people who have, you know, veterans, military, law enforcement uh, officers who have addiction problems, you know, and again, you know, entrepreneurship is a lifestyle. It's an extension of you and it becomes a part of you. And and, and if that's going to be incorporated in your lifestyle, then you're going to have to actually prove that. And if you want to create something that's going to be a, a profitable enterprise, but also makes a difference in the world, it's going to require a lot of sweat equity. And uh, 12 hour days, 14 hour days, seven days, you know, seven days a week. Uh, yeah, typically it's not glorious. And that's why most people, they mm-hmm. keep a job because they don't like that. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> that, that. That part is scary. That part is intimidating. That part is uh, people say, oh, that's not convenient. Well, entrepreneurship is never convenient. You know, it's, it's about making mistakes. It's about it's about learning from them. It's about networking with like minded people. And it's about 
building up from there. So, you know, uh, you had the success recently. Like again, very happy for you, Josh. Now, perhaps what is the next three to five goal window for Josh? You know, uh, what do you hope? What do you hope to accomplish in the next three to five years? Good question. So we just opened Warrior's Heart, forty bed treatment facility. Uh, where they come in and they stay with us for a minimum of four weeks. The average is kind of six weeks where they where they heal. Mm-hmm. So if we proof this model out, which uh, it's looking really good, if we can proof this model out, our goal is to privatize like the VA because mm-hmm. nothing against the VA. They're really good people, but they're backlogged with 14 years of war. They just can't handle the load, the capacity. Mm-hmm. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. 22 a day. It's unbelievable. One That's cop awful. every 17 hours. So what mm-hmm. I think is that it's going to take social entrepreneurs, mission-driven teams, and those are going to take a stand and say, you know what, enough's enough. And for the private sector to get involved and start solving some of these problems. And so the next mm-hmm. uh, you know, five years is that we're going to prove out this model and if we can, um, there's some big things that we can do with the VA and, and with the government to lower that suicide rate. Now, how many treatment centers do you have in the uh, U.S.? This is our seventh. We sold six of them, uh, uh, six locations, mm-hmm. and took a little time off. Uh, so this is our main mm-hmm. focus right now. And so uh, do you plan on perhaps creating and selling or do you perhaps do you ha- or do you want just going to create more across the you know, US? We did the, the whole startup to exit. Uh, I'm glad uh-huh. we did. We learned a lot from the experience. Uh, honestly, I, I don't want to go through it again. It was tough on us personally and on our, our team mm-hmm. going from a entrepreneurial company to a corporate structure um, and, you know, being I had to do a lot of work on it from counseling stuff, just letting go. And because we were so part of who we were. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what I see this with Warriors Heart is this is a legacy business for us uh, that uh, we have no plans on exiting it. Great. Great to hear. And, and for people listening, you know, entrepreneurship is definitely not easy. Uh, you definitely have to put sweat equity in it. But the question is, it's the passion so strong that it makes you that it makes you want to do it anyway. And if the question is no, then maybe maybe you need to go back to your nine to five, or maybe uh, you need to find something where your passion overrides uh, any uh, you know any uh, fears about putting too much sweat equity in creating a social enterprise or a business. Josh, for people who want to follow you or contact you. How yeah, would you they check do us out. Uh, we have our website up, warriorsheart.com. We're also on Facebook, uh, and then I, I have my own personal uh, Facebook, uh, Josh Lannon, as well. Check us out. And then Lisa Lannon, too. She's probably more interesting than I am <laughs> with the Facebook stuff. Why, why, why well, you say that? She's, she's more active on it, and she posts stuff on a regular basis, as well as Twitter. Um, she has a really good following. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Well, <laughs> I definitely recommend. I definitely recommend to check out both of them, Josh and Lisa. I also think you're a very interesting guy, <laughs> Josh. Appreciate Thank you for being it. our guest. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist, as seen in Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list. You're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com 
and subscribe to get all the exclusives.